Hello, hello everybody. Welcome to Investing in Cannabis. I'm your host, Brandon David. Let's just take a second and look around. We are in beautiful San Francisco. The Embarcadero is behind us. That's the East Bay, Oakland, Berkeley, really the origins of these things that we're doing here today. And uh, well, thanks for listening. It's really cool. This is our ninth episode. The turnout has been amazing. The guests keep getting better. Today is no exception. We are independent media. You probably know this. No one pays us. No one owns us. We do this strictly out of passion just because we believe in the movement. So this industry is taking off. That's happening, right? I'm not doing anything to help that. What I'm trying to do, what we're trying to do, is crafted in a way that's appropriate, right? Begin to legitimize this industry for what it is. Talk about the people that are smoking weed, but that are fucking working hard and getting shit done, right? So we're not the only independent media outlet coming out these days. And today on the show, we have another one that's fantastic. Sam Kagan of the California Craft Report. What's up, Sam? How you doing, Hey, what's man? up, Brandon? Thanks Good for to being see here, for sure. What's up, man? Thanks for having me in yeah. San Francisco. Cool. So tell us, tell us, what is the California Craft Report? Uh, the California Craft Report is going to be a media platform that's going to talk about the top 1% of marijuana in California. So basically it's going to be for the growers, for the end users, for the products that are out in the brands to build themselves up and just exchange information and know what's out there. And this is going to be uh, hitting all the dispensaries as a print magazine as well as an online presence. Got it. So you touched on something really interesting there, right? You said the 1% of cannabis. Can you unpack that a little bit? What do you, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, I'm from Humboldt County, and uh, we like to think we are growing the top cannabis in the nation. And You uh, are. You are. There's a lot of people who are jumping in the game, and they are growing their own cannabis, and uh, we just want to be able to get our foot in the door and let everybody know what we're about before we get passed up by, you know, bigger people who have more money and uh, making a bigger push right now. Got it. So when you say bigger people, I imagine in a few years, I won't make a direct prediction, but there's going to be like Marlboro Greens, right? Correct. And this is going to be highly industrialized, coming out of factories, probably perfectly rolled joints. Uh, but is the quality going to suffer? Is that going to be a problem? Um, yeah, it's going to be, you know, once you go onto these big bulk scale operations, the quality does suffer. And, uh, you know, there's definitely a lot of opinions on everything. But, you know, you definitely you want to have a consistent product and you want to have a high end product. So you want to keep that in the hands of the craft producers. Got it. So if I pick up this magazine, uh, which isn't quite yet out, right? It's coming, coming yeah. soon, coming soon. So this can be in every dispensary. So if I'm a grower, sophisticated to amateur, I mean, what, what's the target here? Who, who would read this? Well, you're going to be as a new person who just goes to the dispensary. You're going to see all the brands that are out there. You're going to see some of the best farms out there. There's going to be reports on different strains, different concentrates, and uh, different edibles that are out there and different methods that people are making them. And uh, just the exchange of information as well as advertising of all the brands that are out there. Got it. Cool. So is there going to be like, what's the initial cover story? You got like an idea in mind? How, what, what's the initial hook? Like, how are you going to get people? Well, you're just going to be able to see that it's really going to feature the farmer and their product. Okay. So that's what you're there for. It's not going to be, you know, there'll be news and there'll be culture, but really we want to see the strains, how they're uh, rated, their THC content, their CBD content, how they're grown, and talk to the producers of these. So that is the hook, just the quality out there. So 
I love that uh, the up-and-coming producers are now starting to be willing um, to kind of come out, right? And be come out of the closet, if you will. That's something we talk about in cannabis quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, have you had any pushback from these farmers? I mean, uh, do they want their face on a magazine? Do they want to be interviewed? Um, you know, that is definitely a great question, and a lot of them do in Tebb, but it's not. It's a quasi-legal state. Yeah. So no, not right now. You can't. You don't want to put your address out there. You don't want to put your face out there, and uh, it's a real struggle, especially where I come from. Um, with the seagulls and <laughs> no worries, uh, seagulls like cannabis too. They yeah. they told me he's begging for some. Um, so the where I come from, you know, it's an underground scene, and there's a lot of these guys aren't ready to come out there, and they're still pushing out these last couple years of the gray area, and uh, you know you have to get your poker in the fire right now with the you know the medical and then the possibility of legalization because there's these big brands that are coming and they're all set up and. Uh, you know, part of my job is I get to travel around and see these different states and see what's coming down the pipe. And then I get to go back home and see where we're at. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of arguments and I see this train coming down the track. So, uh, you know, first and foremost, this magazine's going to be able to, you know, promote Humboldt cannabis and all over California, but also, you know, the Humboldt perspective. Yeah, I love how seriously you talk about kind of the future and, and legitimizing these farmers, right? I think that in a lot of media outlets right now, they're kind of getting the catchy, like clickbait headlines, right? Of they're using all these innuendos, you know, it's a it's a budding industry and uh, really high remarks for, for whatever, right? And I think that that almost does a disservice to independent media, right? I mean, uh, people that are picking up this magazine they, they want the realness, right? They, yeah. they want something that they can learn from, that they can take back and, and apply, right? Um, so I guess, I guess the question is, there's other magazines out there, right? How do you start this? You know, how do, how do you raise money for it? What's the pitch like? How do you get it in dispensaries? You know, take me, take me through the timeline a little bit. Um, well, you know, we want to focus on authenticity and the Humboldt, you know, uh, Emerald Triangle perspective. So we need to put that as you know to back up a little bit here is i've been working in the hydro business for the past seven years yeah. so through this i've built a giant network of people who own businesses who throw events who are in the industry and uh, one of the most successful forms of marketing that we've done is put out our own magazine called humboldt wholesale magazine which goes to all the grow shops across america so they go out there and it not only brands our products as a catalog and lets everybody know how much they cost and what they do, it also digs deeper under the soil of our company that says, here's our culture, here's gardening techniques, here's how to use the products. So this has been very successful for us and has allowed us to grow and take a lot of market share. And also with the magazine, it really legitimizes everything that you do because it's a, something you hold in your hand and there's not many other, you know, companies that actually can complete a print magazine, whereas lots of websites out there. And the battle, you'll never know on the web, on some of the things, especially in the hydroponics industry, you got a hundred people saying they're the best nutrient line ever, you know. There's not a good go-to source on the internet, basically. It's kind of so, scattered. Yeah, and, you'd have to yeah. be a real expert to get all that information. So, I, you know, we gather that information and put it in one place so you don't have to go on 50 Instagram feeds and see what's going on in Facebook and then realize, hey, all the real guys are over here doing this that you right. never even heard of there. Right. 
weird, you know, thing sure. that they're on. So. so if I put my investor hat on for a second, like I just got light bulbs went off in my brain because domain knowledge is just like something that uh, investors look for first and foremost, right? So for you to say, I've worked on this previous magazine, I know all about hydroponics, like, well, I'll write you a check, man. You want to do that or? <laughs> no, no, well, we'll you know, figure it out. I look at it like I have a map to the industry. I've been in touch with this demographic for a long time. I grew up, you know, we'll talk about my background in a little bit, but I grew up in the industry. I've seen every aspect of it. Tell us about it. How did you get started? You know, what, what was your first interaction with cannabis? That's kind of, oh, I was like wow. to hear people talk about that. Um, well, you know, I'm, uh, I was raised by hippies and uh, I was born in Santa Barbara and the first house that I had was a school bus, a hippie school bus. Cool. So my parents being hippies and it was the back to the land movement instantly before I was one years old moved to uh, Spy Rock Road in Mendocino County where there's a ton of this whole industry is going on right there that's one of the flashpoints so I was there in 1973 sitting on raw land and uh, living in a teepee so that's where I got my living start. in a teepee yes so this is totally off topic but you got to tell me about that like how does that work you wait how big is this teepee first of uh, all a teepee is probably you know at least uh 15 feet okay by 15 feet and got it. uh yeah you don't have much of a door that closes and uh wow there's no electricity are you an only child or you, yes. you have siblings yes. okay so that made it a little easier right? yeah and like have eight kids in this teepee yeah maybe you wouldn't <laughs> be so scared if you had more people but you know <laughs> animals could get walk into the teepee like they're got it yeah and uh there's a lot of smoking of the peace pipe um you know TV, so or? yeah there was definitely my parents were you know on this raw land with land partners cultivating cannabis and uh from there eventually they had a falling out with their business partner and we landed in arcata california okay and growing up as a hippie you know no kid really wants to be a hippie kid because you're like, oh, I want McDonald's and whatever else it goes with, right. you know, being normal. And, uh, but you definitely, I got a front row seat to this counterculture my whole life. Wow. And I've got to see people struggle in it. I got, to, you know, the complex of growing up and you're like, I got to be the man. I have so much, you know, like, there's a weight on all the kids in Humboldt trying to like, mm. do I go into this industry or do I go into be a normal person? Sure. So there's a fork in the road, like, you're, you're yeah, it's like it if you grow up eight. in a coal miner's town, right? Yeah. You have a very distinct decision to make, and I guess it's no different in Humboldt. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, so flash forward a little bit. How did you sort of gain the skills to start working in the in the publishing industry? Um, so my mom was a graphic designer, and uh, I learned at her knee in the old school, uh, you know, the hot waxer layout and all that. And uh, I went to school for it. I grew up drawing and learning as much as I could. And I went to school, I learned the computer, and then eventually I moved to the Bay Area. Started working in the Bay Area as a uh, graphic designer for a company that, basically we did uh, gangster rap album covers. Whoa. So it was uh, 97, 98 in the heyday of the gangster rap era. And I'm also a rapper, so nice. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, who who was on, who did you do? What, what covers did you do? Oh, play? well we had uh, some of, Master P's uh, No Limit guys, not Make Master P, say, uh... but you know, from that era, they had a bunch of King George and they had JT the Bigger Figure is wow. a Frisco rapper that wow, we did some yeah, work for. Yeah, and sure. So we had a lot of adventures and we also worked for the action sports industry and okay. a bunch of clothing. We did uh, stuff for Obey back uh, then. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Uh, before Obey blew up, yeah. I worked for that. Yeah. And uh, you know, 
<clears throat> the company was called Next Effects, and it was in Oakland. And uh, I worked at there and in San Francisco with them. And then later on, I moved to Los Angeles with some of the same people, and it was the same business under a new name. And uh, it was still action sports, but a little bit of film industry too. Okay. So, you know, I got to work in these professional markets, and I did that for probably 10 years. And uh, then I moved back to Humboldt when my mom was diagnosed with. Uh, she had ovarian cancer, and I got to spend my last, uh, her last year, I got to go back and stay with her, and uh, then I was back in Humboldt. She passed away, and I was back in Humboldt, and I never really intended on going back, but when I got back to Humboldt, it was post-215 era, and everything had changed, and uh, the people that I had grown up with, and you know, they had never moved on, I just thought, you guys will never amount to much, sticking in Humboldt, and they had two houses, and big trucks, and you know, they were just made men, and I couldn't believe it, the transformation just off of the 215. Wow, so, so you were inspired. I was very inspired and instantly, you know, did everything I could to start growing, okay. and uh, started growing and uh, networking, and at the same time, I also did media sales. Okay. And I had moved back to Humboldt, I needed, to, there was no graphic design really going on there. So I started doing media sales, and I would go to the grow shops, and those guys, we're doing great. Where some lawyer or accountant couldn't pay his bill, these guys didn't even know how much they spent and would just be like, oh, what did I buy here? Here's, you know, all the money. Got it. I'll take more. So I said, these guys have the money. This is a fun industry, already growing. You know, let's work with them. Got it. So I got in and built my network and, uh, you know, eventually. And you started with this Humboldt Wholesale Magazine, right? Humboldt which, Wholesale, which yes. Which now you basically run, correct? That's, that's yes. your. Cool. And this well, is I run the marketing for Humboldt Wholesale. You run Wholesale. the marketing. Cool. So tell me a little bit about this magazine and uh, what, you know, why would somebody want to pick this up? Well, Humboldt Wholesale Magazine, you know, what I want to say right here is the wholesale side and the hydro business, it's all, it's not a cannabis related business. They're growing tomatoes, they're growing produce, they're growing whatever you can grow with these in nutrients and uh, gear, but you know, they don't come out and say, we grow cannabis. So it's a little limiting. It's very limiting yeah. and, you know, you can't only say very generic things and this other, you know. Medicinal whiskey. That sounds pretty cool. Medicinal, had medicinal whiskey. Well, you know, that you used to be able to get a uh, doctor's prescription for alcohol in yeah. prohibition. And cocaine, right? Yeah. Yeah. They used to, when you went to the dentist, they used to put cocaine on your gums, right? That was like the, to numb your gums. Cocaine was legal for us. Uh, Crazy. I think that was, that was a good law, that, that we <laughs> made cocaine illegal. Yeah. Uh, cool, so all this domain knowledge from your background in action sports and entertainment, the humble wholesale, why why the California Craft Report? Why is that coming out? What, what, what gets you excited about that? Well, I'm excited about, you know, uh, representing my, you know, the Emerald Triangle. And basically, you know, some, some growers that I grew up with came to me and they said, this magazine would be awesome you know, we need to promote ourselves. And uh, I started thinking about that and they, they came to me and actually before the magazine, they said, can you help us? And I said, I'll start thinking about it. And then I came across the magazine idea and how well it was working for uh, Humboldt Wholesale. So I thought we can make this magazine. And uh, you know, these guys are like, I'm above ground, I'm below ground. I, I can't decide where I am, you know, so I can't say I'm going to make this Humboldt magazine, which I initially started thinking 
know, I'm going to rep Humboldt. I'm going to do these guys a favor. Yeah. And then they can't, you know, they're not ready. Yeah. So yeah. I moved on to California. And if you ever go on Instagram, you'll see there's a million companies out there and they're ready. And they're already hitting in. They know packaging and they know marketing. And they need, you know, they need something like the magazine just to be a platform for them to market themselves. Got it. So you kind of put like a prototype together, which I looked at briefly. Yes. In the tech world, we call that an MVP. I'm not sure in publishing, which you, I probably should know that. Uh, <laughs> and we'll put that little clip like right here. You can check that out. And uh, yeah, so tell me like a little bit of the timeline. You, you put this prototype together. Now you're looking for money? Is that, yep, that the I'm next looking step? for investors. You know, I can do this grassroots and uh, I wouldn't have very much of a problem getting, you know, enough advertisers, but it's going to be a longer, you know, the time is now to strike. We can't wait six months and hear about, you know, oh, dude didn't pay his bill and we're just kind of bumping around at the bottom. We need magazines consistently out at these, uh, you know, we need content out online. We need the magazines out at the dispensaries. We need people looking at these. We need the farmers getting it into their hands. You know, number one person you're hitting is the worker at the dispensary. Mm -hmm. Those guys sit there all day. If this magazine crosses their path, they're going to be instantly knowing about all your products and they'll be knowledgeable and they'll be looking for those. So if you come in there after they see the magazine, they say, have you heard about our product? Yes, I've heard about your product. You know, so like this magazine, you know, in marketing, have you heard about our product? Yes, I've heard about it. Would you like it? You know, that's up for the salesman to close that deal, but at least you've done that first step. Sure. Of, familiarizing yourself. So during the day, I sell SaaS software. Nice. Uh, I have an amazing job. Shout out on Fleet. What up, guys? Um, but yeah, so marketing is just the top of the funnel, right? So mm -hmm. that's like the salesperson's best friend. It's like once there's that brand recognition, that name awareness, your job gets a lot easier, yeah. right? So you're raising money. You're raising money. How Correct. much are you looking to raise? What kind of investors do you want in the door? How's it going so far? Um, it's very exciting, you know, that I'm here talking to you and I've had a couple of people very interested in it. You know, I am uh, from the hills of Humboldt, so I'm not, you know, very skilled on this. Uh, Eric pointed out a good book for me to read, so I'm on page 35 yep. of the book. Eric knows all the good books. And uh, so, you know, to start out, I'm looking for some seed money and uh, I'd like to start with, you know, startup capital, 250000 I can get probably six months of issues out the door okay. for that. Okay. And then I need to get some more funding. Got it. And I'd like to get more so we can hit all the events in California. There's tons of cannabis events, have booths out of them. Just take the game plan that I've learned in the hydro game and my network and just expand that into this game. I think it's a great map that's gonna work and take a lot of market share for whoever's interested. And tell me about the eventual business model. You said you've pre-sold some ads, correct? Yes. How many, who, who would advertise in this? So what kind of people are interested? Well, you know, anybody who has a cannabis related product, uh, you know, I definitely, I have room for advertorials. So if you want your farm or your business in there, I'll give you a four page advertorial where I'd go meet with you, take photos, big up your products. Yeah. Um, then there's ads if you have any products. So say you're a vape pen, say you have a tincture, say you have an edible, say you make shatter. All those would be great. Shatter's crazy. I don't smoke shatter, but this is like this. Explain what shatter is a little bit. It's well, you know, have all the concentrates with the high THC, and they have a lot of different ways to make it. They have the butane, and yeah. then they have the, the CO2, yeah, right, yeah. the rosin, which yeah. is, you know, doesn't have the CO2. So CO2 is even, you know, like people argue all day if that's even healthy. Okay. So 
But Shatter is definitely going out there and it's taking over a big chunk of the industry. Got it. And things change so fast in the industry. So where how does it work? It's like baked or something and then it's like cracked and that's why it's called Shatter, right? It shatters? Yeah, you have to bake it. Yeah, you know, you make it with the... You're shooting butane through your leaf and all your old stuff and it kicks out all the THC resin. Okay. And then you put it in an oven and you bake off all the gases. Wow. I'm not a shatter expert by any means, but yeah. it's definitely huge out there now. Yeah. So, and, and it's very easy for these companies because you don't have to have a beautiful flower. Yeah. You know, they're just taking everybody's trim yeah, and trim, making it. Yeah. Can you this, use stems too, or it has to be? Uh, I'm sure there's people sure using everything, but yes, you don't. You know, <laughs> you that's don't another to. thing in the industry is there's so many amateurs jumping in and you know they're getting market share yeah. and they're doing things and you see like people's instagrams and you see their gardens and you're like my goodness this is horrible <laughs> or you see somebody's you know stock marijuana picture and it has mites or some you know oh, wow. blight on it yeah. that a grower could see but you know an editor is just going to be like oh that looks good enough totally so you know there's definitely anyone can grow but you know when problems start happening you know can you troubleshoot them and can you bring it back or are you just going to say i have this half baked product now that I've got to get rid of, you yeah. know, that happens a lot. Yeah. That's why I want to see it come out of the underground too, is because there's a lot of toxic stuff. There's a lot of toxic chemicals that go into it. It can be improved on a lot of levels. So. Awesome. So I'll get you out of here on kind of a fun question, right? Alrighty. What's your favorite kind of strain? How do you like to smoke it? You know, what, what, what's your mode? What kind of stoner uh, are you? Well, I like flowers, number one. Agreed. And uh, I think they're the best. And there's so many strains out there. I love strains people are, that are fresh and that people are excited about. Mm. So I'm really not that picky of, you know. Sativa, indica, which way do you? Well, I like sativa. Lean? I like to you know a peppy. I'm a daytime guy. Yeah. And I yeah. don't like to just sit on the couch. I like to go do well, stuff. Well, you're an artist, right? So, you're yeah. an artist. But I, you know, I like, I like all the strains. It's, you know, they're all beautiful yeah. women to me, so. <laughs> I don't like Mexican uh, bammer, you know, <laughs> seeds, I guess, you know, so a couple of things where you draw the line or anything from Humboldt. You're, uh, yeah, there's you're so many on. great farmers and brands. And joint, pipe, vaporizer. I think a joint is a great, you know, uh, it's way, social, right? Yeah, it's social yeah. and it's old school. Yeah. So you got to keep it a little old school. Cool, cool. Sam, thanks so much for being awesome. here, man. Appreciate it. It's great to meet yeah. you and great to have you here. Good to see another independent content creator like yourself. That's what we're all about. It's up to us, guys, to form the industry that we want to see it, the way we want to see it. Somebody wants to get a hold of you. They want to write you a check. They want to be in the magazine. How should they get a hold of you? Um, you can go greenrushpress at gmail.com. Greenrushpress at gmail.com. Yes. Awesome, And Sam. check out uh, my Instagram, hashtag greenrushpress. Awesome, Sam. It's been fun, man. Rad. Great. Thanks, guys. See you next time. All right.